Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we have the second 53-man prediction. That is the final training camp roster prediction. That's right. Next week, the Patriots will be playing their first preseason game. Oh, baby. We also have Jack Adams on the on the show. He uh, is a hockey player at Union College, is a Red Wings prospect, and also a really good football mind as well. So we have him on the show. So it's a great show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Intercepted. We are back again. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, finally, we're going to have some games to talk about our next show. So let's go. I'm pumped. It's uh, Man, the- my fantasy draft all squared away with my buddies. We're starting a new annual one this year. Big money. I am fired go. up. Uh, you know, when you get that text about a fantasy league, you can smell that football coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's – and, uh, you know, good for you because we're going to be in a few weeks here having a uh, having oh, yeah. a fantasy football special. And so, you know, just tell your buddies maybe not listen to that episode and, you know, you can get all the all the oh, yeah. uh, fantasy football gossip, you know. We'll get the Matthew Berry Jr., us too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, listen, you know, by the time people have listened to this, the first – NFL game of the season will have been played. The the uh, the Broncos and the Falcons are playing Thursday night in Canton, um, and so football season has officially started. And you know we said that, of course, it's like it's like one one milestone after another until September eighth, and then you know then we'll be counting down to the playoffs. But you know, but that that's what we do. So, but it's hey, it's 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 football is back officially, um, and then September eighth it'll be officially officially back. You know. Oh yeah, can't wait! I'm so happy. That's great. It's been a long off season, Pat. It sure it's has been. Long off season. It sure has been. And one thing, you know, one thing we wanted to tell you guys just quickly, like we we know that we recorded all off season for you guys, 
Um, you know, and we missed a few weeks here and there, but we thought it was important because we're thinking Patriots all season long, all year long. I'm thinking Patriots. I just, they're just on my brain all year long. And, you know, you guys that stuck with us and we appreciate you guys listening every week, you know, and those of you that did, you're like us, we're just thinking Patriots. It doesn't matter what's going on. Yeah. The Bruins are in the Stanley cup finals and I'm excited about that, but I'm also thinking about Patriots too. Like I just, I, I can't help myself. And so, you know, for you guys out there that have the same feeling, you know, we we wanted to keep going every week to to you know to play to you guys, and so you guys were still listening and uh, you know and interacting. We we really appreciate that. So you know, thanks for sticking it out, and we're gonna have a great season. It's our first full season um, as a podcast together, so that'll be a lot of fun. And you know, we're gonna be trying doing some different things here and there too, which will be great. So uh, you know, thanks for sticking it out all off season, and now we're gonna be you know gonna be getting into getting into the regular season. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, piggybacking off you. It was a uh, long offseason. Our first, I think for both of us, our first time, you know, we've done some podcasts in the past, but, you know, being strictly one sport, one team the whole entire year. Um, and I think credit to you, your uh, your crazy mind over there, really, really thoughtful. You had some <laughs> unbelievable shows lined up for us. Um, you know, we, 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 we worked what we could, and I think uh, we were, you know, Pat was really creative in, in those ideas, and it kind of got us through the offseason, had us uh, – had some fun listens and had some good guys on, but now it's uh, strictly football and can't wait. And I'm so happy about it. That's great. It's a lot of fun. So it's, I mean, it's, yeah. And that's what we tried to do, man. Keep it light, you know, try to do some different things, try to do some interesting things in the off season and, and kind of go from there. So um, one thing I just did want to mention too, Monday night, um, I was, uh, I was lucky enough to get a media pass through, through Pat's pulpit. And I went to the Rodney Harrison, um, went to the Rodney Harrison induction and then went to the uh, went to the uh, practice afterwards uh, kind of uh, on the field for a little while up in the press box for a little while. It was so much fun, man. And one of the biggest takeaways for me is that I just feel like the media, the media people here are just, they're just nice. They're just good people. Like they really are. Like it, it's crazy to say, but like, and I know, you know, maybe some of the ones that are on TV and stuff and you see all the time, like, I don't know. I don't know about them, but like, you know, the beat writers that are there every day and, you know, that are, that are there. And, and even like guys like Ben Volan, who like, I would have been like, there's no way Ben Volan's he, he was a super nice guy. And like, you know, Andy Hart and guys that were up there and Levin Reed, we've had on the show before. He's a great dude. So like, you know, it's just people like that, that you're like, wow, these are just really nice guys, you know? And so uh, that was, that was really pleasant. And we were, you know, I met um, Marie who writes for Pat's pulpit as well, just happened to be there as well. I didn't even know she was going to be there. So that was kind of cool. And we were hanging out with uh, Mike. I believe it's Mike Debate is his, is his last name, um, and he writes. He he runs the the uh, Full Price Patriots site, and he's a really nice guy too. So it was just a lot of fun, man. And everyone that heard I was from Pat's Bulb was like, "Man, you guys do such a good job over there. The writers over there are great. They always do tons of research." And you know, huge credit to you know to the writers that are over there. And you know, we have so many guys and girls that that do so much research for, you know, for their articles and are super in depth. And we try to do the same thing, you know, as, as we come through as well. And, and uh, you know, we're just lucky. I just feel very lucky to be, to be a part of, of this, you know, and to be here and, you know, to have somebody that's in the media that, you know, is on TV, like Tommy Curran is on TV every day. And he's like, he's like, Oh man, Pat's pulpit. Like you guys do a great job. And I'm like, that's like, I'm like, I just feel very lucky to be, to be a part of, of that crew. And so, um, you know, shout out to them and, and really to the listeners, honestly, 
you guys are what makes it so great. I just, the comment section is always so knowledgeable. Like the, the conversations that go on, usually like the comment section is a dumpster fire in a lot of websites, but you go on the, the past public website and people are having conversations and they're having separate dialogue with different things. And then someone's pulling something out and saying, you know, they're having arguments about different things. And it's just, it's, it's so knowledgeable, even in the comment section. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a great place to be. And obviously we're on the come up and I think this year's a big year for us. So yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. So after all that, we'll get all the fluff out of the way. And, uh, and we're going to go, we're going to get into the, uh, into the, the 53 man roster. So really simple. Here's what happened. Okay. We're just going to kind of let you know, uh, we both made a list and we haven't exchanged the list. So what I'm going to go through is read the correct one, which is my one. And, and if Spags disagrees with any of them, then, then he'll kind of come out and say, Hey, you know, or we'll have a discussion about one or two guys, um, you know, that are, that are on, we're going we're gonna to go, go by position and we'll go from there. All right. So we'll let's start with the quarterback spot because why not? Okay. Uh, I have Brady, Hoyer, and Stidham. We were talking about this a little bit before before the show. There's no chance that's, that uh, Jared Stidham gets cut. No chance. He's 100% making the team. Um, and so I think that, you know, they carry three quarterbacks here. Uh, a little hot take alert. A hot take alert for me. Um, I think it's possible they do only carry two quarterbacks but that the guy getting cut would be Brian Hoyer. Um, and as much yeah, as I like I Hoyer, mean, but the thing is, is like if Brady goes down and they have Hoyer, like, great, that's awesome. But like, they're not act, they're not going to go anywhere. This year might be a little bit different. Like they could win with uh, not a great quarterback perhaps. But I think if, if they're happy enough with Stidham's production and with, with his development that they might say, we have a ton of talent on this roster and we need an extra roster spot. So let's get rid of, you know, let's dump Brian Hoyer and, you know, yeah, maybe I he'll mean, get picked we, up again. Who knows? We talked about it before the show and I kind of, you know, I didn't think Stidham would get cut, but I said it's, it's interesting at the quarterback position because if you remember when Brady came in the league, late round pick, you know, mm-hmm. Belichick liked him and I think they liked Stidham a lot. I, you know, seeing some film on him, he throws a really nice ball, nice release, definitely some potential there. And we were big on him all off season. Um, you know, we were kind of like, oh, they – said to Brady they're like usually we don't carry three quarterbacks but we didn't want to lose them and they right. definitely don't want to lose Stidham you're right they don't want to lose them but you know it's whether or not they're gonna they're gonna keep Hoyer to to cut some guy on defense or offense go right so that's where it kind of gets interesting I do think they'll carry the three um, yeah but you know we'll see yeah and obviously with Brady you know they carried the four to you know to keep Brady on there and and you're right oh, that's I think... right that's right it was four it was four you're right, right. Yeah, uh, but I, who is it? Damon Hew- Damon Hewitt? Is it him? No, he would came in. It was Hewitt came in the next year. I forget who even was on the. Was it Bishop still on the team? I forget who he was even. Who the other two quarterbacks were? But I'm pretty sure Hewitt came in to be the backup. Um, in o in o one and got got passed by Brady. Um, or maybe Hewitt was there in 2000. I'm. I know that uh, Hoyer, the obviously Brady was the was the fourth string. It might have been Michael Bishop. Um, that was on the roster. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll, we'll take a look at, um, we'll take a look at that and, and we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. We'll do a little, do a little Google, maybe cheat a little bit on that one. But, uh, but in the meantime, let's, let's get back. Let's get into running backs. Uh, I think this one's pretty cut and dry for me. Uh, it's going to be Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, James White, Rex Burkhead, James Devlin. And I think Brandon Bolden is, is 
pretty much a lock uh, for the roster. Clearly, he's not really a running back, and he's more of just a special teams guy. But they brought him back. They gave him some money. I think that they saw his value uh, when he left, and they wanted him back here, and so they brought him back. So I think he's on the team. Yeah, I, I, I agree, too. I don't, I don't think there's any question with Bowman. You know, she saw people all, all um, off-season and kind of the beginning of camp saying some surprise cuts, you know, might be Rex Burkhead. But I, I just don't think so. Just because he's so versatile, I think Bill likes him a lot. Uh, I know he was dealing with an injury today. He wasn't in pads running some uh, running on the side. So whether or not that hurts him or not, but I, I really don't think, you know, the, the times he plays and the times that, you know, he gets uh, touches, he does produce. And I think, um, like you said, we'll get into it a little bit, but Michelle's lining out wide. I don't think he's ever caught a pass in the NFL, maybe one. So maybe yeah. they're up to some crazy stuff this year. So we'll see. But I definitely think uh, I agree with that roster, uh, that, that list right there. And I got the same one. Okay, good. By the way, uh, going back to 2000, it was Michael Bishop, Drew Brees, John Freeze, Drew Brees, Jesus Christ, Drew Bledsoe, John Freeze, Michael Bishop, and Tom Brady were the four quarterbacks in 2000. So Wow. Uh, that brings you back, John Freeze. Oh, my goodness. So, um, all right, at wide receiver, let's go on and move on to wide receiver. I have Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, uh, Jacoby Myers, Philip Dorsett, Matthew Slater, and Maurice Harris. Quick note here, um, Demarius Thomas is on the pup list. I think he's going to stay on the pup list, at least for the first few weeks. Um, and Ryan Davis, I think, is right on the bubble. He's a practice squad guy. And unfortunately, the last cut, and we talked about, you know, this is the one position we talked about. We both kind of had him as the last cut, Braxton Berrios, I think really is that 54th guy on the roster. And that's where I think if they really want another guy on the roster, um, that they could cut conceivably cut Hoyer and, and keep a guy like Berrios, but they're going bigger. They're going bigger at wide receiver. And so I think if Myers can be a big slot guy and Maurice Harris could be a big slot guy, they don't need another small slot guy like Edelman and Berrios might just get pushed out that way. Yeah. And if I was, you were saying this earlier, if we did this show last week, I would have said you're crazy. Berrios, Berrios, Berrios. Cause he, he hasn't had a great camp, but I know he had a huge spring you know, showed right. up early, knew the opportunity was there. The opportunity was there for him to make the team. It was just he had to put in the work. And uh, obviously, I think if he makes the team, it's it's obviously it's going to be tough for him. I think it'll be solely for punt returning just to take time away from Jules. Right. Um, because, you know, he's such a valuable piece to that to that team. You don't want him going back there, you know, eight times a game versus these shitbag teams that, you know, and risk an injury. I, we, we say all the time, just go up there and, and wave, wave your hands. Just take a fair catch. But you know Edelman, he's not going to do that, no, which is fine. <laughs> it's, it's, that's yeah. the way he plays. I love it. But um, I think that's the only way Barrio sneaks on this team. And if he does, it'll just be, you know, solely for punt returning. Right. No, agreed. Agreed. So uh, that's what we got there at wide receiver. So on to tight end, uh, I have one tight end on the roster, and that's Matt Lacoste. I just don't see anyone else making the team. And honestly, I don't yeah. see – any a, other position? I, That's the big question for me is like, is there another position that I would cut a guy to keep Lance Kendricks or even Ryan Izzo? Like, am I, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to cut one of my defensive linemen for, you know, for an extra tight end. It's stupid. I, I just think, you know, and obviously it, again, caveat, Ben Watson spent the first four games. So at some point you will have two tight ends on the, on the roster. And so you will have to cut someone at some point there, but, you know, guys get injured, guys go to the IR. You never know what's going to happen. So I think I think they start with one, and I think 
They try to sneak Beck and Izzo onto the practice squad. I think both those guys could be practice squad guys for the Patriots this year. Yeah, and like I said, obviously they'll probably go one tight end, and Lacoste's probably not going to do much in the passing game. No. Um, more so in the blocking game. And then when they get Watson back, maybe they'll get a little bit creative. I think he'll get some looks, a couple yeah. targets a game. But for sure. uh, the first four weeks, they can definitely survive with just Lacoste, you know, with the type of offense they're kind of trending towards. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you there that there's no disagreement with uh, tight end. All right. Love it. All right, on a tackle. Uh, tackle here, I have four tackles. I have Marcus Cannon, Isaiah Wynn, Yodney Kajust, and Dan Skipper, the 6'9 monster uh, left tackle. Uh, I think those are your four tackles there, in my opinion. And, again, uh, I'm not sure what you think there, but that's that's my take on the tackles. See, that that's interesting for me because I didn't have Kajust. But, you know, I like the four tackles, and, you know, those guys go down. But he's been out, correct? Like, he had off-season quad surgery, um, and I don't think he's seen much time at training camp, right? Right. Am I right? Yeah. So, so you might be right about that. I mean, he could... he's a big, uh, big, big lineman. I know they were pretty high on him out of West Virginia. I didn't see much tape on him. I don't know too, too much about him. But the, the guys that watch him, you know, Lazar and the, the film breakdown guys like Taylor, they're high on him, so I do think that they do slide him on just with, you know, because you know Cannon's got bad ankles, you got the concussion, right. um, and you can kind of get flexible if you carry a lot of tackles. Yeah. Well, at this point, you know, with him, you look at it and say, you know, he's a third-round pick, so there's no way that he's not going to make the yeah. team this year. Now, it's possible yeah. that that he ends up on the pup list. Um, like a red shirt, yeah, like Barrios or something. Or, you know, or, or right, or goes to the IR or something like that. You know, that's definitely conceivable if he's not 100% healthy. Um, but, you know, but, yeah, I think that he's not getting cut. But you're right. He couldn't – it's possible that he wouldn't be on, uh, you know, the game day roster. So is it is uh, is that – so you had Cannon win and, and Skipper? Yes. Okay. All right. All right, so let's go to uh, to guard. And this is where the guard position for me – again, I have four here – and I have uh, Shaq Mason, obviously Joe Tooney. I have uh, Hajalte Froholt, and I have Ted Karras. And Karras, to me, is a big one because he can play guard and center. So it allows you to keep an extra guard and an extra center in one player and not have to keep it a backup center. And so I think that that's – Karras is a guy that that uh, definitely shows – has a lot of versatility for them and, and has played pretty well – when he's had to go in in different moments. So I, I think that he's a guy that's going to be on the team. Yeah, I do too. I, that's who I had for guards too. Um, you know, Shaq Mason is a beast, and I think he got yeah. absolutely robbed in that. Um, in 100. That, it's so dumb. Yeah, in that so NFL top 100. I mean, it's a stupid ranking anyways, but, um, you know, it's voted on by the players, and I think uh, he's kind of an unsung hero. He's so good. Him and Thune, I mean, they're beasts. Dude, he hasn't missed a friggin' snap his whole career. <laughs> that's it's insane, and that's you know you, you talk about Aaron Donald was the number one player in football last year, except the the Patriots he didn't do anything the, in the Super Bowl. Right, those three guys completely shut him down all game. So like, it, it's just you know, but whatever, you know, it's 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 spilled milk as far as I'm concerned. I'm not I'm not gonna cry over that over the haters. You know what I mean? So, um, and then and then my last guy on the offensive line is David Andrews. I, I think they carry one center, and again. That's where that's where Karras comes into play. Um, you know, I think that he could be a guy that could be, you know, that could that could play conceivably play both guard and center. And also, by the way, um, I think that, you know, if you're looking for a second tight end, like a blocking tight end in a big in a big system, 
uh, you know, big package or something, you're taking a tackle or a guard, right? Take Skipper or, you know, Froholt or could even Kajust if, if, if he's healthy. Um, you don't have that guy be your second tight end. Clearly he's just in there to block, but that's okay. You know? And so, um, so that saved you from having to carry a second tight end in my opinion. And so again, I just don't see another guy that we can cut. We're going to go through the list on defense. You're going to be like, there's, I can't cut any of those guys. There's no, none of those guys I can cut. So, um, so that's what I have for, for the, uh, for the offense that rounds out the offense. So um, overall, listen, a lot of, a lot of changes. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot of changes skill position wise, decent amount of changes, right? Uh, you know, new running back in there, a few new wide receivers in there. Um, and so things are going to, you know, a new tight end in there, two new tight ends conceivably when when Watson comes back, but you know, I think they're going to be okay. The offensive line is the same. Uh, the running backs are pretty close to the same. Obviously the quarterback is the same. So I think they're going to be fine overall. Um, you know, but that's, that's what we have for the offensive side of the ball. So uh, let's move over to defense. Let's start with the D line. Okay. With the D line, I have Dietrich wise, Mike Pennell, Lawrence guy, Michael Bennett, Danny Shelton, Adam Butler, Derek rivers, John Simon, and chase Winovich. I got the same list, Pat. I mean, there's – and reading off those names, there is some legit, legit talent on that. I mean, Lawrence Guy is a workhorse, unbelievable versus the run. Guy mm-hmm. you don't see in the stat sheet, but he's involved in every play. Every I think play. Mike Pennell is going to be a beast for him. Yes. Um, it would be interesting to see how they use Winovich, um, you know, see how much snaps he gets because, like I said, there's a lot of talent on that line. Dietrich Wise, beast. Um, did you say Adam Butler? I did, Yep. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I, I forgot if you said him because I was going to say they're big on him, and he's he's had some uh, – he's had yeah, a, great, a great, great career so far, especially for an undrafted free agent. I mean, he's – what a grab by Bill the last two years. Jason oh, yeah. Jackson and then Adam Butler the year before. Right. So, yep. uh, he's awesome. Well, and I think I think that that's – you know, and Jacoby Myers would be that would be that guy this year. You know, they, they always have a guy yeah, – Maybe not Maybe not on my list. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So – but I, but you know, every year they have they, they have, might have two this one year. Or two what I'm getting at. They might have two. They might, they might have two this year. They might, and so yeah, so we'll see. Um, but I think that that's an interesting discussion that that we're going to have in a, in a minute or two. Um, but D line wise, I think guys that are on the bubble there, or Danny Shelton, I think is on the bubble um, because yep. they brought him back, obviously. But you know, it's you don't have him on your list. I don't. No. Okay. So, so this is a guy that's on my list. It's not on yours. So, so obviously your list is going to be a little bit different and I can, and look, if you want to make the argument and I think that, and we'll have this conversation when we get to the guy that you have that I don't, um, because I think that, um, I think it's a legitimate argument. And so, you know, especially when you have guys like Butler and Pennell and guy in the middle, you may not need Danny Shelton. So, um, but you know, let's see what happens when we get there. So, uh, as far as linebacker, let's move on to linebacker. Man, this linebacking group is just preposterous. Uh, Hightower, Atlanta Roberts, Kyle Van Noy, Jawan Bentley, Jamie Collins, and then Brandon King, who's a special teams ace. So he's the guy that makes the team. He's an extra linebacker, but really just there for special teams. And he's been a very, very good player special teams-wise. Um, you know, and uh, Hightower, listen, people have, have been throwing his name out there in trade talks. I, I just – that would just be the dumbest thing imaginable. Just the stupidest. I, I just, I don't get it. And I know he gets hurt. I understand that he's hurt almost every year. I get it, but he's made 
some of the biggest plays in Patriots history. history. You know, it just every single time a play absolutely has to be made, he makes it. And so, like, you know, and that's guys like Bruschi and Vrabel. That's what guys like that were famous for. And they're in the Patriots Hall of Fame because of it. And it's the same thing with this guy. And he's just as talented. And he's a great leader on the field. And, you know, honestly, I think if Bentley stays healthy this year and he becomes that kind of starting role, uh, that Hightower is just going to have a ridiculous year this year. And so I think trading him would be stupid. And people are talking about trading him for uh, – for in the best William. shape of his life, they said, too. Right, right. People are talking about trading him for Trent Williams, which I get. I, I understand you're worried about their offensive line, but I think Isaiah Wynn's going to be fine. And so I don't know if you need a guy. I'm certainly not giving, getting that massive contract of Trent Williams and giving up Dante Hightower and then also having to move money around to fit him under the salary cap. No thank you. Dante Hightower is staying on the Patriots. And as far as I'm concerned, he's a lifer because he's just he's disgusting. So I don't ever want to see him go. I agree, Pat. So, all right, so let's move on. So you're all right with that list? Oh, yeah, that's what I had to. Okay, all right, love it. All right, so cornerback uh, is the next spot, and I think this is where we're going to differ. Um, I have Stephon Gilmore, Jason McCourty, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, Jawan uh, Williams, or Joe Jawan Williams, however you want to pronounce it, uh, Duke Dawson, and Keon Crossan. Those are my guys. I believe that's seven corners. That's a lot of corners. Um, and, uh, and I know I'm missing one guy. So why don't you mention the guy you have that I don't have? See, yeah, I have D'Angelo Ross on there as, um, you know, I I think Bill has valued, you know, these undrafted free agents. I think he gives them a fair shot, just like he gives anybody else, whether you're Gilmore or you're D'Angelo Ross. Right. And you look on Twitter, uh, he was with the ones Monday night. I think when you were there, Pat, and he had a monster day today. Uh, we'll see how he does in these games and where he kind of goes out with uh, the defense. I know they're going to – a lot of guys aren't going to play the first game. But, uh, yeah, I have D'Angelo Ross making the team. Um, yeah. Well, and I, I think it's conceivable. And, look, I know it would be a lot to carry eight corners. I get that. But at the same time, if they're all that good – I mean, who from that Ross, who from that thing are you going to cut now? Maybe you think D'Angelo Ross isn't great. Okay, fine, but the problem is is that you look at guys like Cravon LeBlanc, who is a legitimate corner for Philly now, right? He's a guy who was the final cut by the Patriots a few years back. The Bears picked him up. He was starting by mid-year for them. So it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, you cut this guy, you know, to keep some random guard. I think they kept Cole Croston instead of him. And so it's like, okay, you cut – you cut Crave on LeBlanc so you can keep Cole Croston, who nobody's going to pick up. Like, what are you doing? But you needed, a, I guess you needed a little bit of extra depth or something like that, but it was dumb. Cole Croston's never even played a snap for the Patriots in a real game. So, you know, you miss out on an opportunity like that. So if they look at it now and they say, man, we don't need Danny Shelton. So let's try to move him for, you know, for a fourth or fifth round pick. Let's just try to trade him. You know, we'll pick up an extra pick and we don't need him because we have a ton of depth on the D-line. And we have another corner who, if we cut him, is going to get picked up by somebody else, you know? And it could be Keon Crossan that gets cut, you know? Crossan's not really a corner. Like, he's fine. Yeah. Corner, but he's a He did a great job in the FC title game, though. He did. And so, you know, he's fast. And so you can put him on those fast guys. He may not, he may not be a great cover guy, but he's just so quick and fast. And so, you know, he's a special teams ace. So, again, that's one of those things where it's like, 
because the guy's so good at special teams, like he could have a spot on the roster, even you if know, he's not really you know playing. How much you've, you know that. how much Bill values um, special teamers too, right? So, Right, right, and that's the thing. So, so anyways, that's an interesting discussion there, and we'll obviously we'll see kind of how it plays out um, in preseason. And look, this is going to change no matter what. Even if everyone that we think makes a team is going to make the team, people, guys are going to be hurt. People are going to get hurt. It's just the way it's going to happen. So, like, some guy could be injured. Some, you know, some rookie ends up on the practice squad. Some rookie gets thrown on IR. Christian Sam played all played the entire preseason last year, including the fourth game. And then the day after the fourth game was put on IR. Like, just, you know, that's going to happen. So, but that's the way it goes. So, all right. So, let's move on to safety. Safety got three guys, Devin McCourty, Pat Chung, and Deron Harmon. Ebner, another special teams guy's on the pup right now. I think he's going to stay there. Uh, for me, it's really tough because I really like Obi a lot. Obi Malfoy. I was going to say, I, I do have him, and I have Ebner yeah. as a surprise cut. I do. I have Ebner as a surprise cut. Yeah. And so I can see that. Um, you know, I just – I like Obi a lot. I think his potential is really good. I love Malik Gant as well. But I don't think Gant makes the team. But he's a guy that I hope can get in – can get through into um, – you know, into, uh, into into practice squad. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But I would love for Obi to make the team. And again, maybe that's a spot where you say, okay, we cut Ryan Hoyer. You know, who knows? But but I think that if we can, f- you know, find a way to get Obi on there, obviously you have him on there. Um, that I'd love that. So we'll see. Uh, and then special teams is uh, Gostowski. I have Ryan Allen and Joe Cardona. Um, there's That's obviously I, I guess see a lot of people who say Jake Bailey, but no, they didn't bring Ryan Man. Allen back for nothing. Well, this is the thing is that Ryan Allen's got one year left on his deal. Then the question is how much money he's going to want after, after next year. Right. And are they want to going to, he's, unbe- he's unbelievable. He's, he's unbelievable. Well, and here's the thing with him in the last four years combined in the last four years combined, he has 16 touchbacks off punts in the last four years. So, like, he never kicks the ball into the end zone. It, he just doesn't do it. And so, like, that's that's uh, like 8% of his kicks end up going into the end zone. And on the other side of it, it's like 20 – I forget the number. It was it was close to – I think it was actually over 30% of his punts got down inside the 20. So, you look at what he did in the Super Bowl and where he pinned those guys so far back and not just – not just a good kick, but a good kick he that dies before it. it goes in the end zone. Right. And that's it starts and with him, man. And he, they right. yeah, they make you he makes you earn it offensively, right. man. Look at the Super Bowl. They could they were making the Rams go, all right, you want to beat us? Go hundred yards. Go ahead. Right, right. And that's you know, uh unfortunately they, they brought another kid in to to compete with him last year and they loved him. Uh Corey, I can't I'm not gonna pronounce his last name because I don't know what it is. It's like it starts with a B. It was a long, crazy last name. But he had a he had a monster leg. The Patriots didn't practice him. They didn't play him in the games. They did they wouldn't even they wouldn't even let him on the field because they knew that this kid was a beast and they didn't want him to go anywhere else. They wanted to try to get him on the practice squad. They cut him and Buffalo scooped him up off waivers. So, you know, that's the problem is that if you cut Jake Bailey, who was a fifth round pick, he's going to get picked up by somebody else. So, you know, it's one of those issues where you have to choose between the two of them, and you can't possibly have both unless, unless Jake Bailey tweaks his hamstring in the final in the final preseason game and get and, and gets thrown on IR. You know, like that's the only way you can possibly keep both guys. I think that that's a possibility. I think from the Patriots side of it, 
that's what you'd like to see, man. He's got some booming kick. Dude, his, he had multiple kicks with six seconds of hang time. Six seconds of hang time. Like six, I could get down there in six seconds for Christ's sake. Like forget about Matthews later. I could get down there. So, so it's like, you know, well, maybe not, but like, you know, almost at least. And so, you know, it's when you, when you're punting the ball that well, you look at it and say, okay, this kid is someone special. Now, whether that translates into a game, you know, or not, who knows, but you know, that's the type of thing that you're looking for. So I think if I, if I, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I think that um, that in one way or another, Jake Bailey's going to be on this team. If he's not on the IR, I think he's going to make the roster, and Ryan Allen gets cut, unfortunately. Wow. Um, wow. But but I think I think Bailey's going to end up on IR because you don't draft a guy in the fifth round to to just cut him and lose him after training camp. You know, it just it, it, I don't I don't think at least that that's the situation. You're not drafting a guy in the fifth round to what like. To, to give your punter a kick in the ass to say, hey, like, you know, let's go, right? Or let's get a new deal done or something. You're not wasting He doesn't need one. So. No, he doesn't. And so that that's the thing. It just doesn't – it doesn't make any sense to me if you're not going to keep him. So to me, either they're keeping him and cutting Allen, which I think is unlikely but possible, or Bailey's going to end up on IR. And that's, that's what I think is going to happen, that Jake Bailey at some point is going to end up on IR. He's going to be done for the year. And then you can see – is Ryan Allen going to take, you know, going to do a long-term contract and take a little bit less money and the Patriots can either cut Bailey or potentially even trade him if anyone really wants him, uh, which probably wouldn't happen, but you never know. Um, or, you know, Ryan Allen says, yeah, well, uh, sorry, I'm not signing for, you know, less than however much a year. And the Patriots say, well, we're not, we're not willing to pay you that. So see you later. And now we have Jake Bailey. So that's what I think is going to happen. Anyways. So that's it. That's what we got. Um, Obviously, it's going to change, but that's just based on 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 camp. And look, camp's over. It, it, it's insane that camp is over. Like it's crazy. Camp is over. The Patriots leave on Sunday to go to to go to Detroit. They're going to do joint practices in Detroit. Then they play in Detroit. Then they're going to Tennessee, where you're going. But they're doing joint practices down in Tennessee, and they're playing they're playing in Tennessee, and then that's it. And so it's like you know, and then they have no more practices at all that are even open to the public at all after those two joint practices, but it's really, that's really not training camp. That's now they're playing games. And so, uh, unfortunately that's it. You know, the, the Thursday, the first, which is, which is today, the day we're recording is the last day of, of training camp in new England. So that's it. We're all done. Uh, it's kind of sad, but you know, it's the way it goes. Another year, another year of training camp in the books. And it was a lot of fun. And, and for people that it haven't, flew by, man. yeah, it did. It really did. And now it's August and I go back to school in a month. Oh no. <laughs> but that's the way it goes. So anyways, thanks for hanging on uh, this week, guys. We have a really fun interview coming up. Um, and, uh, and I think you're going to like it, man. I really do think you're going to like it. So Jack we Adams. Got off topic is, too, but it was good. It was good. Yeah, we did. We did get off topic a little bit, but that's okay. It was, it, it's a good off topic. So uh, Jack Adams is, uh, is a hockey player at Union and a Red Wings prospect, but he's a Boston guy who has written about Patriots stuff and is a big Patriots fan. Uh, and has an yeah, interesting when I say story off topic, well. when I say off topic, I mean like you know we talk about the Butler situation, right? Talk about our right. favorite past teams. There's some good, some good arguments. Yeah, yeah, it's some good stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna leave you with that with that interview, and that'll be the end of it. And we're gonna talk to you next week, and we will be talking about next week. We will be recording after the Patriots' first preseason game and discussing the first 
Patriots game of the season. Oh, baby. Here we go. It's going to be great. Stay away, baby. So, all right, so we'll take you in that interview, and we will talk to you next week. All right, on to the show with us today is Jack Adams. He is a Union College uh, hockey player. He is a Red Wings prospect and, uh, you know, Massachusetts boy and a Red uh, great Patriots uh, mind as well. So, Jack, welcome on to the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so let's let's get into you a little bit before we do anything else, right? You play you play at Union. Um, you're you're in the Red Wings system, or at least you got drafted by the Red Wings a few years back. Um, but I know, obviously, you know something happened uh, last week. People, you know, a lot of people may not even know. So we want to just kind of let people know what's going on and and what's going on yeah, with you. Definitely. Yeah. So I was having uh, I was having a really good development camp and. <clears throat> I was producing and making a lot of plays and put some numbers up. And then we had a we had a scrimmage on Friday night. I scored a hat trick and was pretty confident going to the game Saturday or our last day of the weekend. And the second shift, third shift into the game, I, I like got hit in my knee and I kind of fell awkwardly and I didn't really like think much of it. I just thought it was like, okay, like just like pretty sore. I was like a leg check, one of those kind of things. And then I took like three or four strides and I couldn't put any weight on it. And I like walked back to the bench and hopped. I fell down. Like I couldn't stand up. And I like had like yeah. two trainers walk, two trainers walked me over to the, uh, walked me over to the uh, training room and they're like, yeah, we'll go get some MRIs. Like we're not sure. So we went to like, this, this hospital in Detroit, like the place was closed where they opened it for us. It was just me and the doctor in the building and my dad. And then, we actually went over to the uh, Detroit Tigers Stadium because they had a game that day, and their their team orthopedic surgeon was in the uh, was in the facility that day. So he was like saying like all these different like scientific terms, and I had no idea what he was talking about. And he just kept like going on and on, and he's kind of like, "Do you understand like what I'm getting at?" I was like, "No, like what is it, a bruise?" Or he's like, "No, like, you completely tore your uh, ACL and MCL." I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, yeah, like it's a, it's completely torn. Like you have to get surgery in six to eight weeks, and we'll see what happens after that. I was just absolutely crushed. It was it just was a really low moment in my lifetime. And then I remember uh, that flight home was really tough. My dad and I. And then, but the other day, there's not many excuses to make, so we were to hit the prehab pretty hard, and we actually had the uh, surgery moved up three weeks because the knee the knee itself healed so fast. And I actually had surgery this Tuesday, and it went fantastic. So I'm already feeling better, but the first day was pretty tough. That's awesome, man. And for, for you listeners out there who don't know, me and Jack go way back, uh, played youth hockey together, Islanders team, and stayed, stayed in touch over the years. Obviously, he did some work for the Pats, which we will get into. Um, but, Jack, it's been a tough year for you. And uh, and I know, obviously, the knee, and we'll let you talk about what happened a little bit earlier. That's That's kind of your story to tell. And, You've done a lot of work since then. You know, you're you got a blog on NHL.com. You don't know Jack, and uh, I'll kind of let yeah. you take it from there because I think it's a really, uh, really inspiring story of, of what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, my brother passed away in uh, earlier September. It was a uh, sudden, sudden uh, medical situation. Obviously, it's tragic. But the way that the uh, the world kind of gathered around my family was pretty, uh, pretty, and. Uh, pretty pretty telling i was kind of shocked with how much support everyone's given my family and the uh i think it was two days after he passed i was actually uh 
going to pick up my buddy Blake Lazat, my bet one of my best friends from my uh, Fargo team in junior hockey. And um, this guy from NHL.com called me and said, like, hey, like, uh, we heard about your situation with your brother. Like, what do you think about uh, you, like, writing, like, a tribute for his death? I was like, yeah, I can do that. So that happened, and that entry ended up being the most viewed, uh, like, tribute ever on uh, NHL.com. And it got so much attention that the – like a week later they called me and said like how about we start a blog where you can like give us updates throughout the season and i thought it was gonna be a few entries here and there but it ended up being uh an nhl like blog called you don't know jack where i uh i write like once or twice a month on for kids or people who are struggling like no it's it's been good to like use that to, for coping mechanisms and to get my thoughts across on things that I think are important. So it's been, it's been a blessing that, in that aspect. That's really great. It's just, you know, really, I mean, anytime, you know, people just love a story like that and it's, it obviously it's terrible. Right. But like anytime you can turn a tragedy into a positive for other people and they can see how much you're struggling, but the fact that you're overcoming that and moving on with your life. And, and it's not even, it's not even about, you know, the, you know, the athleticism and the, you know, and the, you know, the type of athlete you are, but just dealing with it as a person and everyone can relate to that because everyone has, you know, had tragedy in life and that's not necessarily, they've not necessarily lost a sibling or or a parent or whatever, but, but they've had something they have to deal with. And the fact that you are overcoming such, you know, uh, such a terrible loss, you know, and still pushing forward. And then also not just pushing forward, but reaching out and talking to others as well, you know, it's just an inspiring thing and, and, you know, people latch on to stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And I've, it's like, it's, I'm a huge believer in everything, you know, happens for a reason. And it's been crazy with, uh, how many people it's like reached out and like care, which was like, that meant, that means a lot a, to me that like, you got a charity golf tournament coming up, right? With some, uh, some big guys going Tory Krug, right? Yep. Krug, uh, Kurt Schilling, Pierre McGuire, Aruzioni. Anola Chari. That's awesome. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, James Devlin might show an appearance. It's, it's been it's been crazy, man. It's just like, it's it's been, uh, everyone's really just, I think it, it's a tribute to my brother how much of an impact he made on other people and how much, uh, how much people really still care about him and my family. So it's definitely, you know, very uh, heartwarming. But it's going to be a great day. It's out at a Turner Hill Country Club in Ipswich. So it's going to be like a, a golf outing where it's it was sold out back in like January. And then there's yeah, the, uh, I, I'm in Nashville. I couldn't make it. I'm going next year. 150%. Yeah. And then there's, there's like a, uh, there was a, what's going to call it? There's a uh, live auction afterwards from like 430 to 10 with a uh, live band there. So it's going to be a great night. It'll be great for everyone to get together and talk about old stories and share some laughs and stuff like that. But also, it all goes to a great cause, my brother's foundation and stuff. So it's going to be really good. That's great. That's great. And if you're playing Spags, I'm playing with you. So, so Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we'll get a little foursome going. It'll be fun. Yeah, if I can't, I, if I can't play. I can't play with you. I'll be wobbling around the course. <laughs> Oh, there we go. <laughs> but all right, let's get into uh, let's get into some Pats because I know, Jack, when we were little, we were the biggest Pats fan on the team. We'd always talk Pats. Always. And, uh, honestly – that's kind of how we connected, honestly. We had the two biggest Pats fans uh, 
biggest one I knew, and I'm probably the biggest one you know too growing up. And Absolutely. Uh, you did a little bit of work growing up uh, with Pat Texture. You kind of, like you said, you drifted away from it. Obviously got a little bit busy and uh, with sports and everything, but you got a valuable opinion. So I guess, like, let's just jump into some Pats, um, you know, or I guess I got to ask because I ask everybody that gets a chance to meet him. Pat will tell you and anybody that listens to the show, you <laughs> met Tom Brady. How cool was that? That's why Pat's laughing because <laughs> that's our idol, man. It was one of the craziest experiences I've ever had in my entire life. I actually met him and Julian. I met Julian once at Dunkin' Donuts, and he's got a really funny personality. And then I met Tom at a fundraiser in Boston. And the first thing I noticed is he's like a, he's huge. Like he looks like pretty lanky, and he looks pretty like small, and oh, like yeah. like skinny wise on TV, but like in person, like he's ginormous. And he just like has such a big heart and such a big smile. He was just so kind to my sister and I. So that was a day I'll never forget. Hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Every every time you know, anytime we listen, talk to anyone that's met him or spend any time with him, it's always the same that he's a great guy and a great person. Oh and man, he's unbelievable. We hear all the stories. He's, he's the it. best. Yeah. yeah. What's good? So it's amazing. It's good. So listen, you know, have you been falling? I know you had the injury last week, but have you been following along at all with training camp? And you know, do you Absolutely, have? Absolutely, man. I yeah, I, I I follow every day on the Mike Reese and the Mark Daniels is like Twitter threads. Yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you what do you think right now? What do you think going into uh, going into next week's the first game, which is unbelievable? They leave for Detroit on Sunday, and so the well, first it seems game like is, the uh, seems like the defense is uh, playing pretty over like playing better than the offense. And every time I look at it, it looks like Brady's like 0 for 7 and 7 sevens and like 50% on 11 versus 11, but that just that doesn't matter. He's always proven that these practices don't matter, but it's nice to see like guys like uh, Jamie Collins coming back and contributing. Guys like uh, Gilmore making another amazing step after the year he had last year. And I'm excited to see like uh, how the defense is with Belichick calling the plays this year. I think that'll be pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, typically training camp, you know, the offense has the, has a little bit of an advantage just because you can't really hit on defense. You can't really play physical yeah. that much on defense. And so the offense has a little bit of an advantage, and that has not been the case this training camp. And I think, you know, and obviously you can point to the fact that Edelman's hurt and Gronk is retired, and Gronk, so there's, oh, definitely yeah. some, there's definitely some changeover. But the fact is that that defense this year is going to be ridiculous. And I think they were yeah, saying – Huge fan. Jack, you going? You going in and out, my man? I think that, like guys like Kyle Van Noy is like an absolute stud, and I think our secondary could be elite too with Warren McCordy and Chung back there. So I mean, I'm looking forward. To well, Van Noy is that guy, right? Where it's like he came out of nowhere. I mean, he's he. We got him from Detroit. He was a nobody, and then yeah. you know we put him in. We put him in a few years ago. Not last year, but two years ago, we put him in, and we put him in uh, because Hightower got hurt, and he's playing Hightower spot, and that's just yeah. not his—that's not his role. He can't. And I was saying to people all year last year during the offseason, like, "Oh, Van Noy sucks," and Van Noy this, and I'm like, "Listen, Van Noy was playing Hightower's position. That's not his spot. He can't play that yeah. position. He's a good player if he's not in that role." And then last year, Hightower's healthy the whole year. He's playing in the position he's supposed to be playing, and he was one of their best players in 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 the, in the playoffs. And you're going to expect more from him this year. That that the entire defense is going to be ridiculous. That secondary is unbelievable. There who, are guys, who lines up? Who lines up across uh, Gilmore? JC Jackson. 
I would think so. Yeah. And then you have and then you have McCordy as your third. Johnny Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I like Jones a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. an amazing job on Hill. And th- this is like their linebacking crew is one of the best they've ever had. I mean, right. you got Van Noy, Hightower, Jamie Collins, Jawan Bentley's back. And then you have a Landon Roberts. Like, they, there's going to be, I, I have a firm and a, like a hot take. I they think someone is going to go that Patriots like. I mean, Roberts, we talked about it, Pat, is so good against the run. I don't see them cutting him. I don't see Van Noy or, you know, like a lot of people are saying Hightower trade piece. I don't believe in it, but they're going to have to make a move there because do, do you think they carry yeah, that many I linebackers? Don't, I don't I don't think they get rid of Collins because Belichick's been like praising him all camp. Oh, like crazy. Every, pre- every, yeah. every, every, every press conference, he's like kissing his ass. And like, really Which is crazy, too, because they kind of had some bad it. blood when he left. Yeah, and he, he fits our scheme so well. Right. So like, it, it's like I was thinking like every time. Guys leave New England. Like, remember, like, Brandon Spikes, how negative he was when he left, and then, like, tried coming back and act like a huge Patriots guy? Right. Like, well, guys, guys, leave, guys leave and think they can, like, do better. Too. They really right. realize they can't. Like, guys like Dion Branch going to Seattle sucks and, like, comes back here. Or, like, guys like LeGarrette Blunt goes to these teams, can't do anything, comes back. It's like, these guys right. don't realize, like, the reason why they're having success in the first place is because of Bill. Like, they're, they're, they're so dumb. Well, and I, I think the biggest thing too is that Belichick does a great job at understanding exactly what a what a guy can do and what a guy is capable Absolutely. of. And yep. so, like in a, in the situation with a guy like Collins, and the same thing happened with Pat Chung. They brought Chung in. They tried to make him do one thing, and then they looked yeah. at it and said, "Yeah, we screwed that up. That's on us." So then when they had the opportunity to bring him back, they brought him back and they said, okay, we now know the role you're going to play. You're not going to play a deep safety because that's not you. That's dumb to play. And so they're going to, I think they're doing, they have the same thought with Collins where it's like, we tried to stifle you and have you play a certain position. And now we're just going to let you go. And and I thought, you know, the Rodney, what, what I thought was so interesting with, with Rodney and uh, his acceptance speech on Monday, and he was talking about how they would just let him play and he would just get out there and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to blitz on this play. And so, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, Teddy, you take this spot. Or like, hey Teddy, I'm taking the I'm taking the flat. So when I take the flat, you take the hook curl, like you know, yeah. or switch. And so you know, he would just do those different things on the fly. And you know, Rodney, I mean, is one of the greatest players of all, one of the greatest safeties in the history of the game, in my opinion. So it's a little bit different, but like, I think that Bill is opening up that up that defense a little bit more, and that's going to really allow Collins to to show his athleticism. I think it just proves. I think this is like another, another like proves that Belichick's just like always right. Like, remember everyone, like, just, like, everyone gave Bill, like, so much shit for, like, not paying Revis, but, like, playing, paying Gilmore. And then, like, Gilmore gets, like, $14 oh, Butler, million, and, like, he's... But, yeah, Butler. Oh, yeah, 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 Butler. Yeah, same thing. But, like, he wouldn't pay either of those guys, but, like, he saw yeah. something in Stefan. Like, everyone in New England, everyone gave up on him his first year. Right. And last year, he's, like, arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. It's, like, clearly, like, Bill knows what he's doing. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he is. I mean, he's a genius. He's a genius, and he has it figured out. Like, and what I love about Belichick is like game time. He just like he's just standing there on the sideline. Like he, it's almost like yeah. he's just watching the show. And and of course, he makes some adjustments here and there. But for the most part, he's just there watching, making sure everything goes smooth. He he's not making any crazy decisions or yelling at people or any of that any of that stuff. And sometimes he'll go over and coach guys up if he has to. But he's just standing there watching for the most part, writing down notes every now and again because. He's already planned everything out. 
And so he doesn't. What, what do you get? What do you get? What do you guys think he's likely behind the scenes and shit? Like, like away from the game, just like watch on the facility. I just think he's just think he's so straight edge. I just think he's like so like boring. I feel like no, just like James. a normal dude. You know what I'm saying? No, it's the complete yeah. opposite. You think, of that. You think so? I, everyone, everyone says he has like a kind of a sense of humor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So my my uncle's a, a stand-up comedian, and his one of his best friends is Lenny Clark, and Lenny Lenny and Bill are like best friends. Like they are like the closest of friends, and they, you know, they they just do the most ridiculous stuff sometimes. And Bill is funny, and Lenny is hilarious. And like when they lost the 07 Super Bowl, the eighteen and one Super Bowl, they lost, and they walk off the field, and Lenny Lenny calls Belichick. Now, obviously, Belichick's phone's in the locker room. But he calls Belichick, goes to voicemail, and he goes, Bill, you suck. Lose my number. And just hangs up. And that's it. And it's just like – but that's the relationship they have with each other where they're always giving each other crap and they're always going back and forth. And I think he has a lot more of a personality outside of I didn't know that. That's so funny. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, like, really funny stories kind of that it's like you you get the impression that Bill is not this, like, the guy you see on, you know, on the – you know, in press conference and stuff. And even when he's interacting with the players and stuff and he's giving them crap and like kind of giggling here and there and talking about like the clip with, um, with, uh, Julian and, uh, and Welker and Edelman's return punts or whatever. And Welker yeah, the dude, the, dude like, like, the guy who replaced like Gary. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, you ever heard Wally Pip? And he's like, no, who's Wally Pip? He's like, Oh, he's the first baseman before Lou Gehrig, you know? And so it's just great. Like all that, you know? And so like, that's the type of person I think he is off the field. We just don't see it because he doesn't want us to see it, you know. And I think, I think what the, I'm, I think the media, I think the media also like wants us to like, for some reason, I think they want us to like believe that like him and Brady are like aren't close. Like, there's no way they've been working together for 21 years. And they're like, there's no way that that could be the case. Right. Well, look, think of it this way, right? And you guys are young, so you can't really comprehend it. Maybe you can think about it with your parents, but. I've been with my wife now. We just had our 11-year anniversary uh, last week. And so we've been together for 15 years, right? We have fights because we've been together for 15 years. We're together every day for 15 years. You're going to have fights. We still love each other. We still, you know what I mean? Like, So, of course, like Bill and and Tom are in a very high-stress industry, and they both have jobs to do. And, you know, so of course they're going to disagree on things and they're going to fight about certain things. They're go- like, if they weren't, they're like robots if they're not going to do that, you know? So yeah, of yeah, course there are going to be times when they're disagreeing. And that's the big thing for me is like, yeah, sure. You disagree, you argue, but then you get over it because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you love each other. Or, you know, in this case, like they have, they have, a, you know, a, a, an intense mutual respect for the, for one another. And so, you know, they feel strongly about it. And they also know I'm not going to be as successful without this guy. Tom knows I need Bill and Bill knows I need Tom. So it's like, they're not going to yeah. say, Oh, screw this guy. Like I'm going to trade him or I'm going to cut him. Like, you know, with the whole Jimmy G situation, I'm sure Bill was upset. He had to trade Jimmy G, but he's not going to trade Tom Brady because Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. So you can't turn, you can't trade Tom Brady. And maybe Bill was pissed that he had to trade Jimmy G, but like, what are you going to do? You got no choice. Well, Ben Brady's still performing ever since we've traded Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Right. Right, well, he yeah, wouldn't be there. More on Max Kellerman, he wouldn't say that, but like any logical football fan would realize, like Brady is still like a top five quarterback in the league. Well, Brady so won the MVP. We trade, we trade Jimmy G last year or 2017. Brady wins the MVP in 2017, and then wins the Super Bowl MVP in 2018. 
So, like, you know, I mean, there's not much to argue about, you know. And in the Super Bowl, they lost those for 500 yards, you know. So it's like that's yeah. the type of stuff where it's like, you know. I'll never, go, I'll never get over that game. I'll never get over that. Like, I, oh. what, what, why, why do you think Butler, like, didn't play? I don't know. I, still, I, I can't wait for the 30 for 30. I say it all the time. I don't know that's, what happened. That's the one. That's the one question, and that's honestly, I have a few. I can't find a logical. I can't find a logical reason. Like, I no, mean, there is obviously you hear shit that he did stuff, but guys, like, who knows, man? Yeah, what do you guys, What do you guys think? Like, there's no way he showed up late to a meeting. Like, that's just well, bullshit. I think I think he had some. I mean, I think what happened is he had. He probably he had a bad week. He had a bad week of practice. He showed up late to you know he missed his flight getting down there because he was dealing with some stuff. So he got down there a few days late supposedly he kind of blew up at a coach during the weekend. I think, I think Bill thought he wasn't mentally ready for the game. And when Bill told him that, and then he wasn't starting, he reacts by, you know, he's crying on the sideline and everything. And Bill looks at him and is like, this guy ain't ready to play. You know, just mentally, he's just not there. Now, I get that part of it, but then the defense is playing so bad that it's just like, well, just put him in and give it a shot. Like, even if he's not mentally there, like it's better than what's going on. It can't possibly be any worse than what's already happened. Belichick's so, just like he's weird how he treats guys. Like, remember, like you'll you, you'll remember this back. Remember, like Revis was like late to a meeting back in 2014, and like missed yep. a practice or something like that. And like Belichick had no, didn't care. Like still started him that week. Right. And that was yeah. like, that was like that was like versus like the Bears like week seven or eight. But like we're playing like the Super Bowl here. And like right. he's being that petty, like when he's one of our best well, defenders. But I think the biggest thing is that it's not necessarily the pettiness. Like I think he just looked at him and said he's just not mentally ready. And to I play. think I think he was complaining you know? all. I think he was complaining all year too about the Gilmore deal. Right. He was he was pissed that he didn't get paid. You know the type of player he he arguably won him a Super Bowl. I mean he did realistically he did win the Super Bowl, and he kind of looked at it like you're gonna pay this guy before him. I. I came in as an undrafted guy, and I, I honestly felt for him there. I felt for him. Like, no, it, I, I think I they, he valued himself. You know, so I think there was a lot of rift between Butler and that, that coaching staff and organization the whole year, and I think finally they just both cracked. Well, he sucked right. that year too. Like, yeah, cool. he did. He, he didn't was, play he well. Was, he, was on, he was unreal when it was him and Logan Ryan. Like, yeah. he was, like last year he was dog shit. He sucked yeah, in Tennessee too, man. Right, and that's the thing. Like, don't forget, like, he had one great play in 2016. 2017, he was – I'm sorry, that was 2014. 2015, he was pretty good. Pretty good in 2015. He played well in 2016, and then he had a crap year in 2017. So, like, realistically, if you're looking at it, it's not – he wasn't, like, an all-pro corner. Like, he's pretty good, but he certainly was an all-pro corner. And then he goes to Tennessee, and he had a crap year last year, too. So, it's like – so – you know, the type of player he is, it, it's just, it's not, it's not like he, he's not a $14 million a year guy. He's not a Gilmore. Like, no, Belichick again all. made the right decision. And that's, he did the same thing with Welker. He let Welker, now Welker's a different situation. Like, he saw Welker was, the writing was on the wall that he was going to be done soon. That's why he pulled the plug on Welker, not because he wasn't a good player, obviously, but because he thought he was going to be done soon. So it's like, but Bill, like you said, Bill is just always right. He makes the right decision almost every single yeah. time. And again, that one decision, that one game, I don't think you can say that if they play Butler, he they win the game because you don't know what he would have played like, right? You don't know. Maybe he gets out there and he's even worse somehow. I don't know, right? But, I, I mean, yeah. there's one or two plays. I mean, the play with um, 
I can't remember the 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 corner's name, but the the right early in the early in the second half, they're in the third. Chung quarter. Roasted, didn't Chung get roasted too for a deep one? Chung got, Chung got roasted a few times, but I forget who the heck the guy was. Either way, they were coming across the middle of the field, and it was like uh, it was I don't know third down, third and eight or something like that, and they caught a short pass, and the guy had a clean shot at him and just whiffed. And you know they picked up the first down. If he makes that tackle, the Patriots just scored to to cut it to seven. If he makes a tackle and they score again, like then it snowballs, you know. Like I, I can point to that one play. Whereas like Butler, you don't know, you know screw that game too. Malice Cooks getting hurt. Say that again. So what really screwed us that game too is Cooks getting hurt. Right, right. Well, and that's you know, I mean, that's the thing. Like and and um, Edelman was out too. Yeah. You know, and, and Edelman was out the whole year, obviously. But, you know, but Edelman was out, too. So, it's like you lose Cooks and then, you know. But, all right, listen. You guys had to, uh, if you guys had to pick, like, a favorite championship team in the last, like, dec- or the last two decades for the Patriots, who do you guys go with? Oh, baby. Favorite championship. Spags, I'll let you go first since you're the, you're the young buck here. See, that, that's a good one to end it, too. Um, let, I'd have to say – See, like, I want to say 0-1, but I was, Jack, we were, what, 4-5? Um, <laughs> I'd have to look at, I'd have to say 14. I think that was just Dude, awesome. That, you, that, could tell, that was... you could tell how relieved, yeah, how Brady was. I mean, it had been 10 years. He was so relieved after that game. That was, I mean, was... Atlanta was the best game I've ever watched, but it's insane that that's number two because that game was awesome versus, yeah, that's one of the best Super Bowls ever. That was, that was, that was me too, Spag. I, I was, I loved that 2014 team. Like, so I did I. Obsessed with, I was obsessed with Browner. Yeah. Davis. Like, I, I, that defense has had, like, a, that, like, oh, three or four kind of swagger to him. Like, they, Browner, I, I, I have such a soft spot for that game. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I love how aggressive he was. Well, and that's and, like, for you Brady, guys. Brady got so much shit that year, too, man. It was yeah, I know. He was done. Like, I can't. Well, and you guys were. You guys were like my age when the O one when the O one season happened. You know, I was a senior in high school when O one happened, and so I remember that year fondly. But my favorite team—that's my favorite moment. My favorite moment in Patriots history is 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 that field goal going through. It's the every single time I hear it, I get chills. It's like it's unbelievable. Every single time, no matter what, when you know when when Gill's yelling that you know that it's good, it's good. It's the kick good. is every, good. The no kick is what, good. Every single time, man, and um. But my favorite Patriots team of all time is my least favorite Super Bowl, which is the 0-4 team. That team was disgusting. They were so <laughs> nasty. They dominated everybody. And then, yeah. and then to top uh, to top it off, forget about just dominating everyone. To top off dominating the entire league, they go in, they host Indy in the divisional round. And Indy was the number one scoring offense in the league, and they win that game. They hold that team to the three points, and they win twenty to three. And then they play yeah. Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh for the AFC Championship game, and they were the number one scoring defense, and they they hang thirty eight on that defense, and they just dominated everyone. And they only won that Super Bowl by three points, but there was no chance that Philly had of winning that game, realistically. And you know, the Patriots were just were so dominant that year. Dylan was amazing and like they were just that team was so much fun to watch because Rodney was there and Corey Dylan and all these guys. Like it was man, that team was disgusting. And so I would probably say yeah. my favorite team from then is the O four team because they were just so much fun. Yeah, I'm with you, Spags, man. That 
that 14 team. But I, I did like her. Oh, yeah. Like, I it's, like it's a good problem a to have. Not, not many people can do what we just did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, right. like last year's team, last year's team, well, that'll always have a special place in our heart, too, because, like, they just got oh. absolutely abused mentally with Avidia the whole entire year, and it just – it was, it was crazy. Right. You don't notice, I though, know. there's one thing. There's one thing I never noticed about last year. Is I always, like, comment on the Patriots Instagram photos. Like, every time we lost, we weren't giving James White the ball. We're giving it to, like, Burkhead or someone else. I, I think James White is, like, our easier, like, most underrated offensive weapon. That oh, guy yeah. is filthy. Right. Uh, he's a key to, key to the offense for sure. And we'll see what we'll see if they continue that trend this year. But, um, yeah, Michelle, you know, they, yeah, Michelle, they, well, they've got Michelle split out wide and stuff, and so who the heck knows what they're going to be doing, uh, you know, on offense this year. But White's going to be a big part of it, whatever it is. So, all right, Jack. Absolutely. Listen, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's been it's been a great conversation. Keep up the good work. You know, ice that, ice that. Nate, no, no, don't listen to me. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Listen <laughs> to your doctors, right now, man. You know. So there you go. All right. Like, see, I nailed it. So uh, you know, <laughs> take take care of the knee, and you know, we hope you we hope you have a great rehab and. Get right back on, and hopefully you'll be playing for Detroit sometime soon, man. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be home in the uh, all fall, like rehabbing. So yeah, you guys want to get together and watch a pass game? So shoot me a text. That sounds awesome. dope. We'll hold you to that, Jack. It's been a pleasure, big guy. We'll talk soon, man. Keep it up. All right, sounds good, boy. See you guys. All right, take care.